Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy. Welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 26 and it's going to be a great one. Celine is laughing already. So. I can't help it. We're here to share with you shit you should stop doing in your relationships. Yes, let's say that one more time. Shit you should stop doing. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's something that we notice uh, whenever we watch a movie or... We don't really watch TV shows or stuff like that, but anytime we kind of watch any sort of uh, story representation of relationships, and we realize that they are actually the worst examples of how to be in relationship. It is like the most unconscious, if you will, form of communication, of relating, and we realize almost no matter what movie we watch, it has at least some of this, and some of them have a lot of it, depending on the type of movies that you watch. And so we realized that, you know, most people are really exposed to a lot of bad examples of how to be in relationship, and just bad behaviors that cause problems down the road. So we wanted to uh, sort Name of expose them. that. Yeah. <laughs> Here's all the shit you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Well, it's pretty sad because I love romantic movies and I kind of had to stop watching a lot of them because it just drives me so crazy to see the level of of incompetence when it comes to the communication and the relating. Romantic movies are the worst for this because I guess for whatever reason they decide that you know to make the movie uh, story exciting or fun that it always has to start out with some sort of problem. And then, you know, it resolves in the end. But the problems are the worst examples of how to be in relationship. Yeah. And just because you have plenty of bad relating examples, like in movies and Hollywood and all of that, or reading magazines, uh, doesn't mean you should be doing those. No, of course not. But, you know, the sad thing is, is that it's very subconscious, right? Mm -hmm. So most people have probably never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. And now that you're more aware of it because you're hearing it on this podcast, the next time you watch a movie, you're going to go, oh. oh, yeah. 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 So don't beat yourself up. And we're going to share with you, um, I think we have like nine or eight, eight different points that we want to, eight different things really. Yeah. So. And this, this is not the definitive list. The list could go much, much longer. But remember, this is only a 30 minute podcast. So <laughs> we're going to cover some of the big ones, the big ones that we see our clients do all the time, the big ones that we see represented in TV mm -hmm. shows and movies, like the really big don't do these things. Yeah, and the ones we also had to, at least I had to change, uh, so that's why I really put them into the list. But what I was trying to say earlier was that if, like, don't beat yourself up. If you're like, oh my God, I'm doing these. Now at least you're becoming aware that 
the behavior that you're having might be affecting the results you're having in your relationships. And so the first step is to be aware. Once you're aware of something, you can start to change it. And maybe don't go all all eight at once and be like, I'm going to change everything. And I know it sounds really compelling and stuff, but it might be a little too much, a little going too much overboard. So pick a few here that you're like, okay, I'm going to stick to a couple. Once I have those mastered, I'm going to add a few more. And before you know it, everything, how you feel about yourself, how people feel around you, how your partner shows up in the relationship with you is going to improve. Exactly. And you know, you'll probably find that some of these you do and some of these you don't. Just because it's on the list doesn't mean everybody does all of these things. And just pay more attention and figure out which ones you're actually doing. So let's jump into the list. Okay. So the first point is probably my favorite. And I go in great length of teaching this uh, into my my courses for women uh, because I think that it is behaviors that we women do all the time without, without even being aware of those. And they are so detrimental to fostering intimacy with our partners. I've uh, put them into categories that I put that I call the four C's and I'm about to share them with you. So hang in there. But and most likely you are doing at least one or two or four of them. <laughs> I sure was. I really was. And that it took some time to change it, but it is possible. Um, so let me tell you what they are so that you know what we're talking about. The four C's. And, you know, I'm saying women here because it's mostly women's behavior in that one. Uh, even though um, some men will have some of that, it shows up mostly as a feminine trait in there. Um, so number one is controlling. And, you know, controlling can be really sneaky because controlling could be like... Um, don't put this cereal thing here. I want it on the left. That's a form of control, you know, or like you should wear your jacket today because it's cold. That's a form of control. You know, it's not just like, don't do this. It's little things or take a right when you're driving or things like that. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about the controlling thing is this is one of the four C's that, that either men or women do, but when men do it, it's very upfront and in your face mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more like, no, you can't go out with that girlfriend. Uh-huh. You know, or like, you know, they'll they'll control her like, no, I deal with the money and that's not your thing. You know, like uh-huh. th- you you'll see more overt examples of control, but with the women, <laughs> it's much more subtle. It's little things that you say. <clears throat> and the I the reality is is I mean, we don't really care necessarily like, you know, what shelf or whatever the cereal box goes on. But those things lots of those little things over and over and over again subconsciously build up and then resentment happens yeah and then goodbye intimacy exactly so uh second c is complaining oh complaining you know i grew up with a mother who complained a lot and i thought you know that's the way to get shit done if i complain enough that he needs to pick up his socks from the floor and put them in the in the hamper it's gonna happen if i complain enough the behavior will change because he's gonna see how much i'm annoyed by the behavior the result of the complaining is annoying the shit out of him even more yeah, I have to say, of all the strategies that you could employ to motivate us as men to do stuff, complaining is the worst, the worst one. Nothing will demotivate us more and faster 
than complaining. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's subtle because you might be like, well, I don't do things like that. But, you know, let's say you go to a party. What's the first thing you tell each other? Are you like talking about, oh, that was cool. You know, we had a good night. Or are you like, oh, the food wasn't tasty. And I can't believe we had to wait 30 minutes. And I didn't like the orchestra so much, (laughs) whatever, you know. And it's like, are you like constantly complaining about everything in life? Or are you a joy to be around? You know, so it's not just complaining about him or his behavior, but complaining about everything. Yeah, it's it's both, really. Yes, absolutely. The third C is criticizing. And criticizing, again, is one of those things that, you know, it's it's somewhat close to complaining. And you're thinking, well, if I let him know something I don't like about him, he's going to change it. And because we tend to be more like, hey, this is what we do as girlfriends. If we criticize each other, it helps us improve. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> You're calling it. <laughs> <laughs> I sure am. Um, Constant criticizing when, when a woman does it to a man is poking the tiger. Yeah. It's like you, every day you poke it a little bit, you poke it a little bit, you poke it a little bit, and then eventually the tiger lashes out somehow. Right? It's super emasculating too. Yeah, it can it? be. It can be. Well, and then what you said about the tiger lashing out in terms of like all of a sudden having an outburst of anger or if you have kids, uh, maybe he's like like being more of a not as loving dad or mean dad because, you know, he's like, okay, I can't lash on my wife, but kids are easy, so I'm going to get upset if they do this, like even the slightest little thing. So notice, you know, how's the harmony in the household? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about the last C uh, that you might be doing. And most likely, if you're a modern woman, this is one of yours, uh, competing. Competing. This is one that most women have no idea they even do. (laughs) So competing, you know, competing is like, I don't need a man. I'm a modern woman. And um, it goes further than that. Let me show you I can do this better than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and yeah, there's a lot that can be said about competing, but uh, without going too deep into it, I would just say that, you know, everybody in a relationship has the parts where they're stronger and the parts where they're not as strong. And rather than always trying to compete in everything, it's best in a relationship to let each person handle the parts where they're strongest. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Maybe he doesn't do certain things as good as you, but does it truly matter if the bed is not exactly, the bed sheets are not folding the the exact way you want it? Like, really, it doesn't. There's some things where it does matter, and there's a lot of things that, if you're really honest, you could let them go. And ties it back to the fir- to the sea of controlling. Yeah, and you know that that whole that whole sort of competing idea, like your example of the bed sheets, because basically uh, a way that this happens is a woman might ask the man, "Hey, can you make the bed?" Uh huh. So he goes over and he makes the bed, and then she comes over and goes, "Oh no 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 no, you did it all wrong," and then she redoes it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that you can't show up and have talents and be better than him. Actually, you should be better than him in whatever you're really good at. But you don't have to always flunk it in his face. And you also have to appreciate where he's better at things than you are. <laughs> yeah, and in the, in the example of the bed sheets, it's like, I mean, does it really matter? No. Like how well the bed is made? No. And, you know, you could choose to look at it as, oh, he did it all wrong and I now I have to redo it. Or you could look at it from the point of view of, 
you know, he did the best he could. And thankfully, I didn't have to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, too, uh, one more thing around the competing is the, the, the idea that you're the one doing it the best and that there's only one way. There is no such thing in life. Like, you could get to the same destination through different roads. And it might not look the same at first, but the end result will be very similar. So always remember that. So let's recap our four C's because I think they are essential. Uh, and like I said, I talk much more in details into those and teach women on how to like really stop doing those things. What's the name of the program that uh, you teach this oh, in? Oh, you have this in The Touch of Love. You have this in The Irresistible Women and basically all of my programs for women. <laughs> because it's kind of a foundational piece. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so let's recap our four C's. We have controlling, we have complaining, criticizing, and competing. All right. That's a lot of stuff in only number one of eight. I know. <laughs> but they're, they're so key that it really required spending some time on Yes. Oh, can I talk about number the second one here on number oh, of two? Of course you may. Thank you. Thank you. This is a really big one that a lot of women don't realize they're doing, which is mothering their relationship. And they're like, no, I don't do that. And then I hear them talk about their husband, boyfriend, partner, however they name them. And they're like, he's so cute, such a little boy. Or they call each other baby all the time. And at the beginning of our relationship, Kevin and I made a really conscious decision that we weren't going to use the term baby to call each other, you know, and sometimes we, sometimes we'll say, hey, babe, or something like this, but it's really not our favorite word. We don't use it often. We made a conscious effort to eradicate it from our language, because when you call somebody baby, there's often like, I mean, there's, it has that energy attached to it. It can. It definitely can. And so we didn't want to fall into a mother-son relationship or daddy-little-girl relationship or anything like that. And so becoming aware that when you're mothering your partner, uh, first of all, he doesn't want to have sex with you because who wants to fuck their mother? And second of all, he's not attractive to you because who wants to have sex with a little boy? Yeah, so you're really exactly. killing the polarity and the passion. That's the big key with this one. Uh, aside from the fact that it can be really annoying as a man <laughs> when your woman tries to mother you, the biggest thing is that it kills the polarity, mm -hmm. right? Because you to have good polarity in your relationship, you need an adult female and an adult male. Mm-hmm. And you need to be both on like really good end of the spectrum so that you have a high dialy, uh, di highly dialed polarity. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and before anybody gets too upset over what I just said, we're talking about energies here. We've already covered this in a previous episode. It doesn't mean that it has to be a physical male and a physical female. It just means that the energies the two people mm -hmm. in the couple have, one needs to be polarized in a more muscular uh, masculine energy and one in a more feminine energy just to create polarity. Absolutely. All right. So let's go on to number three, not giving enough attention and not making her a priority. This one is the one that most guys are guilty of. Mm -hmm. I don't see it as much with women. Women tend to be pretty good about, you know, giving attention, sometimes even too much. And not, this, not that there really is such a thing as too much. It's just the wrong kind. Like the controlling kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the controlling kind. But men, men especially, uh, since we tend to be very singularly focused when we're working on things, um, we tend to maybe not give as much attention as we should. In fact, this, this is amazing because we did not plan this at all, 
But this morning we were uh, out on our usual morning walk and we ran into a neighbor of ours. He's 87 years old. And we were just talking to him about, you know, life and relationships. And he said there's only two things that he regrets. Now he's 87, right? (laughs) And this is in the context of relationship, of course. And he said there's only two things he regrets. And what he did was he gave us two examples of times when his woman approached him wanting attention. And in these cases, she was either naked or wearing lingerie when she did it. And he was too busy having a conversation with somebody else or something where he did not give her enough attention. And he said he did deliver afterwards. So one of the cases, he was on the phone and Mm -hmm. he was just like, you know, she literally like put herself in his face and was like, eat me and do me. And he was just like, I'm on the phone finishing this because this is so important, talking manly stuff. And then he Mm -hmm. did do her afterward. But he realized later on that the fact that he didn't take her up on that offer in that moment was painful for her and that it took away some of the the intimacy in the relationship and that delivering even later that delayed reaction did not make up for not having reacted in the moment. It, no, it, it really didn't. And and I'll give you an example just, just from uh, our relationship, which is the other night uh, was the end of the day and I was super tired. I worked really, really hard and I, I could barely keep my eyes open. All I wanted to do was sit on the couch and read because that's about all I had the energy to do. And Celine comes walking by on her way uh, to the bedroom and says, if you come upstairs, I'll have sex with you. <laughs> or something to the Well, I kind of said just to let you know, if you were to come upstairs, I would totally have sex with you. And I'm also absolutely fine if you choose to stay down there and uh, exactly. do what you need to do. That's exactly what you said. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, so, it was a good distinction because I wanted people to hear that it was really about like, hey, this, here's an offer. I had no like you need to do this. It was not a right. demand. And then I was happy either way. So whichever one you chose, you were still of course, a, of course. like successful. So. She's just letting you know that she set a good example there. But, yeah, thank but you, thank you. that isn't so much relevant to the point. Uh, the, the, the point, at least from my point of view, was is that I think a lot of people, when they've been in relationship for a while, you know, this isn't something that happens, you know, in the first six months or the first year. Like, you know, you get into a new relationship and your woman says, just so you know, if you come upstairs, I would totally have sex with you. Like, you're upstairs before she is. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, years down the road, you might be like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm really tired and I just, I don't even want to get up off this couch and you say, oh, even if you say, you know, thanks, love, what a wonderful offer. I'm just, I just need my downtime. You know, it doesn't really matter how you approach it. The fact is she's letting you know that she would like attention and you're in that case choosing potentially not to. So I was sitting there on the couch and I said, wow, I'm really tired. But, you know, this is how, I literally had this thought, this is how relationships go wrong. That when, when people uh, put themselves out there and offer themselves and, and, and want your attention and your time, and you choose to say no, for what? For a book? Like, <laughs> I can read a fucking book anytime I want, right? <laughs> so I was like, it doesn't matter how tired I am. I, I put my book down, I went straight upstairs, and I said, yeah, let's spend time together. And we did. And we made love. And yeah, it wasn't the greatest lovemaking in the world. I was exhausted. 
but it was still sweet and it was beautiful and we connected. So it's so important in so many ways to make sure that you give each other attention. It's like, uh, you've probably heard this a million times, especially if you're in the spiritual world, where your attention goes, energy flows. So if you're not giving your relationship attention, then the energy's not going to be there. But if you give it attention, then the energy will be there. So that leads us to uh, our fourth shit you should stop doing in your relationship, which is faking <laughs> orgasms. Now that uh, we're talking about having sex, you this know. This is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, to make a long story short here is really like when women think, I mean, like... I'm going to protect his ego so that he feels better about himself. And so it comes from a good place and I'm going to fake an orgasm. And by the way, men do fake orgasms too. I was really shocked to hear that, but apparently some men do. It's much more rare. Cause, yes, cause it's most, a harder. <laughs> well, most men don't know how to separate their orgasm yeah. from their ejaculation. Therefore, you can't fake an orgasm unless you actually ejaculate and you can't ejaculate without actually having an orgasm. It's a whole thing, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so the point is it's much harder for men to fake. So we'll say that she's faking it in order to not hurt his feelings. And the thing is, you're not giving him like the, the truth to go on. Like he doesn't, he's thinking that what he's doing is good because you're liking it and you're having orgasm. So he's like, why would I change what's working? Exactly. You are not giving him feedback that he needs to be successful. Mm -hmm. If he thinks he's doing a good job, if he thinks that you're satisfied, he's going to keep right on oh, doing the same absolutely. Shit that's not working. Yes, and so stop faking it. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It really is. And uh, ultimately, and we talk a lot about that in several of our episodes, uh, that it's not about this end goal. It's about the journey. It's about it's about what you create, the quality of the interaction, the intimacy. And so who cares about the orgasm? It doesn't have to be our final goal. Maybe the whole goal was to deepen your intimacy and connect, really truly connect with one another. Yeah, and even if it is the goal, you know... You don't have to fake it, but you don't have to be mean about it either. Just have a, have a conversation about, you know, what it is you need. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. Well, then since we're talking about conversation, let's, let's talk about that piece, because I think it's an essential place. Uh, poor communication. Oh, yeah. We did a whole episode. Communication is lubrication. lubrication. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't listened to that one, go back to it because you get a lot of tools and tips on how to communicate better. I would love to share the thing that I see in movies most since we started this episode by saying, you know, we see all these bad examples uh -huh. in movies. Here is one that I see in movies, all the, like almost every movie that we watch. And it goes something like this. One partner or the other, doesn't matter which one, uh, is angry for whatever reason. So they say something that they don't actually mean, but that is hurtful. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's, that's problem step number one. <laughs> All right. The first thing is, is, is you should never say anything you don't mean. Like ever. If you That's don't mean true. it, don't fucking say it. Yeah, because you uh, can't take it back. You can't take it back. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it's like telling the jury, uh, disregard that. Like, whatever. They already fucking heard it. <laughs> so that's the first half. But then the second half is the other partner then wants to get back at them. So then they retaliate by saying something mean that they don't mean. <laughs> I mean... This, this is lunacy. Who does this? <laughs> and I see in every, every fucking movie that we watch. It's amazing. So it's okay to go like, ouch, and it hurts, you know, when your partner says something. And go silence. It's actually really okay to not have to get into a sword fight. Yeah, or you could very calmly say, 
wow, that really hurt me, and I really didn't appreciate that. Uh-huh. Did, did you really mean that? or Exactly. You... <laughs> or like, wow, I'm so hurt right now, and I'm going to need to take a little time away to bring myself back into balance. Like, wow, you know, exactly. because right now I just want to kill you back and I don't want to get into that. So let's <laughs> distance each other. So. Yeah. so we don't have time in this episode to go through all of the uh, ways in which uh, people do poor communication. But we did a whole episode. So just go look up communication is lubrication to figure out all the communication mistakes you might be making and then how to fix them. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's get into the snooping one. Are you a snoopy one? <laughs> snooping, yes, yes. So, yeah, so by snooping, what we mean is, you know, trying to look at their cell phone messages or their text messages or their emails or, you know, that kind of stuff. Things, you know, sort of behind their back when they're not giving you permission to do so. And this really... Uh, the reason why this is a problem is because it's a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And anytime there's a lack of trust in a relationship, there's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that you should trust your partner enough that you don't need to snoop. And if there's something you want to see, just you ask. should just be able to ask, hey, I would like to look at this. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that, that you would think that's just common sense. But... Absolutely. It, I think it is. <laughs> Number seven, make your only connection time with your partner through your device. If you're doing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're let's let's say, <laughs> don't make your only connection time through some sort of a device. Now that can show up a lot of different ways, right? That could mean that you're communicating via text message, uh, which of course is a big communication mistake we covered in our communication is lubrication. Um, it could mean that the only time that you have together at the end of the day is sitting there watching something on a screen. Mm-hmm. The idea is that you're not actually connecting with each other. You're doing this sort of pseudo-connecting through technology, mm-hmm. which just is not the same. It is not. Like taking the time to look into each other's eyes, hugging, touching, and just ditching the freaking technology. We do have a whole episode. Is technology ruining your relationship? Make sure you listen to that one too. That's you want right. to <laughs> Exactly. All right. Here is one that uh, I, you know, I want to introduce this one because... I think as a guy, every single one of you have has experienced this frustration. Your partner expects you to be a mind reader. <laughs> so what we're telling you is don't expect your partner to be a mind reader, right? And, and how this shows up is, you know, your partner just expects that you know something that, that you don't actually know. Now you should know what I want before I know what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. In which case, you don't even know what you want, so how am I going to know what you want? Oh, but you're a Jedi mind reader, Kevin. (laughs) Uh, I'm working on that skill. In the meantime, just tell me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is such a big one. A lot of people... uh, always stuck with this and I'm like you already know what you want just give yourself permission to want what you want and so it comes back down to communication here and and having the the foundation we're about to tell you what you should be doing so it's kind of like it's a good little segue into that because if you have created a container where 
you feel safe to express who you are, where you can ask for anything, then you don't need to wait for your partner to try to guess. And it's actually super sexy to ask your partner to rub your clit a little more or to grab your ass a certain way. I'm sure he would appreciate that. I'm sure she would appreciate it if you tell her like, oh, I'm loving this. Like, oh, grab my cock, suck me. Like, I'm sure it could work. (laughs) (laughs) And not just for sex things as well. (laughs) Okay. So that's a fairly good list of the big things, mm-hmm. the big shit that you should stop doing in your relationship. Stop it. Stop, stop it. it. Stop it. <laughs> in, the, in the words of Bob Newhart, just stop it. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm referring to, look it up on the internet. Just uh, search for uh, just stop it, Bob Newhart. It's hysterical. Anyway. <laughs> okay, well, you on a positive uplifting note here exactly so we're going to give you the antidote for all of those things okay all right so the first one give your partner freedom to be themselves oh yeah we're not going to go on why like just remember that yeah yeah yeah. we i mean they're they're pretty self-explanatory so give praise and appreciation to your beloved oh how lovely exactly Allow each other to take the lead in the area that they are the strongest. Oh, trust and respect are the foundations of your relationship. Trust and respect Mm -hmm. go a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Have honest conversations about sex and what you want and like and need. Wow, revolutionary here. (laughs) Make each other a priority and give each other attention. Mm-hmm. Learn good communication skills. If you're anything like uh, me or probably both of us, we were not raised with great examples of how to do good communication. So you got lots of workshops. Yes, we did. And it worked. Set aside connection with time with your partner with no distractions. Mm-hmm. Ditch that phone. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off the TV. <laughs> exactly. Don't assume your partner knows what you want. Clearly communicate it to them. Mm, And last but not least, enjoy each other and have sex often. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. We hope that this will be useful information that you can use to make your relationship better. So please stop doing these bad things and start doing all the good things that we just gave you. Oh, and if you have questions, remember, we love it when you send us your questions. Go to the lovelabpodcast.com and enter your question through our form, and we'll make another episode on answering our listeners' questions. All right. We will see you next time on The Love Lab. We hope you liked this episode of The Love Lab Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.